Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Puma Podcast. If you have a culture where people take care of each other, where people know that you are on their side, every time you need to say something sensitive and delicate, they immediately know you have no bad intentions. And what you are saying is intended for their good. So the context of a courageous feedback is very important. Welcome to The Imaginable Workplace, where we explore how to make work better. I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. And I'm Jackie Kaniza, founder and managing partner of Haraya Coaching. Rooted in wholeness, Haraya supports individuals and teams by creating brave and safe spaces for transformation. In this episode, we'll talk about courageous feedback, what it is, why it matters, how we might go about it, and how to support it with the right culture. Giving feedback is hard and it's uncomfortable and people know that receiving feedback can hurt. But you also have to realize that being the one giving feedback is also scary. And it is also sometimes hurtful when you have to say things that you don't want to. Especially when you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. If we lived in a world where we only ever gave positive feedback, it would be much, much easier. And what makes it harder sometimes is people sometimes take it personally. But if we were never to give feedback, then we would never get better. It really is hard. I mean, even just the word itself, when I hear someone say, oh, can I give you some feedback? <laughs> That's enough to make my stomach turn. At Haraya, what we try to do is reframe feedback as a gift. So whether we're giving it or receiving it, we do understand that when it's delivered effectively, feedback can cultivate awareness and mindfulness about the impact that we have and our actions have. And it can also encourage people to learn how they might improve or what they can do better next time, right? So we all want to find those opportunities of improvement. In a workshop recently, we spoke about feedback and one of the leaders highlighted a learning which I thought was really good. And they said that we owe it to our team members to be honest with them with our feedback, which I think is such a good perspective to hold, right? Intuitively, we know feedback is a good thing to do, but still we come across so many leaders that will avoid it because it really is hard. So I'm curious about what relationship you might have about giving feedback, Carl. I come from a creative writing background. So in creative writing workshops, you kind of show up with all your stories or your poetry, and then you just go at it. And you all take turns saying what needs improvement. 
And because I came from that, and because I guess it's in my nature to just be judgmental and <laughs> commenty sometimes, uh, it's, it's very easy for me. But what I realize is that if you just give nonstop feedback, it, it can be painful for people. And if you don't frame your feedback as something that is given because you care about the person and you care about their improvement, then, then it can be taken very negatively. My realization is early on as an editor, I'm looking at people's grammar, sentence, are you making good paragraph cuts, whatever. But as you go up, it becomes work style and that's where it becomes even more difficult. What I'm curious about, I guess, is what do you think leaders are thinking or feeling in the moments when they have to give these types of feedback? I think leaders need to consider that they are dealing with someone who's in a number of positions that must be considered. One is the power level that you're essentially in most frameworks, right, with our power dates and stuff, you're dealing with boss versus someone who is there staff or employee and that's always going to be scary like pag pinatawag ka when someone says hey come over here there's always going to be a piece of here whether we appreciate that or not and this can mean many things for the person receiving feedback and i think because we're trying to root this in filipino experience the leader sometimes may hear like nahihiya ako magsabi i'm not fully confident to give you this feedback because I, I don't know what that will feel like. But on the other end of it, also we need to consider yung mapapahiya because that's such a big value for us as Filipinos. Ayo natin napapahiya. And so the manner, the context also in which the feedback is given, right? If, if you give someone feedback and it's perfectly fine feedback one-on-one, but it's done in public, that's another thing, right? And that's a really toxic behavior that, that we need to watch out for. So there are these things within, within our culture that are, are really meaningful to us that we need to read whenever we're giving feedback. So true. The value of culture in influencing our comfort level with feedback and how we might give it, right? There's actually a book called Culture Map by author and professor Aaron Meyer. And Aaron Meyer specializes in cross-cultural leadership and communication. So she plots out the dominant communication styles in different countries on two axes. On one axis, it's being emotionally expressive versus emotionally unexpressive. And then on the other axis, there's confrontational versus non-confrontational. So I, I can imagine that you can guess where the Philippines is on this grid, Carl, right? My experience is it's it can be defined by telenovela behavior. It is the papaape titis. Non-confrontational. I'll just keep taking it and I'll keep taking it. And then it will be extremely emotional afterwards in response. So that's, that's my guess is tiis, 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 and then bigla siyang explosion of emotion. So actually, yes, the Philippines is non-confrontational and emotionally expressive, generally speaking. But our emotional expressiveness manifests more as us being a very warm culture, less about the explosive arguments that you might see in telenovelas. I think that's more for our enjoyment than anything. Um, because in f- explosive in- arguments are confrontational. 
Um, instead, many Filipinos might portray as if everything is is okay and fine, and then you'll just be surprised that they have uh, disengaged or they're already submitting their resignation letter and or quitting altogether. Obviously, that's the average, right? And maybe some people are not within that range, but that's okay. I think it's good to know what the average will look like. Also, sometimes, are you ever in an office and you feel like someone should be acting a certain way just because that's how you all are? Why is that person not conforming? And then we don't want to be the ones to tell them that this is how we function in the office. Yeah, I think that speaks to our hope that the feedback is implicit, right? We we want it to be understood. We call it common sense that uh, people will know what's expected without really having to communicate it, right? In Filipino, they might say something like, makuha ka sa tingin, right? Understand what this means without me saying what it means. So, how might Filipino leaders prepare to give courageous feedback? We talked to one Filipino business owner who approached this from a culturally grounded perspective. He did it by setting up an environment that made it easier to have openness and lakas ng loob, or courage, while embracing Filipino language and psychology in the process. Good day to everyone. I'm June Villacorta Cabuchan. I'm the managing director of Pandayan Bookshop. Uh, this is a chain of about of 143 stores scattered across Luzon, and a few are in Oriental Mindoro. And uh, we've been in business for about 30 years. My main objective in running the business is promoting the Filipino culture, particularly Diwa and Kapwa. In the organization. So it was this interesting management philosophy of Diwa and Kapwa that made us very curious and want to interview Jun in the first place. So what are these concepts all about and how do they translate in their workplace? Let's listen to his story. The core concept of our Kultura ng Tagumpay is Kapwa and its three dimensions. Pagpapakatao, pakikipagkapwa-tao, and pagkamakatao. So this involves the individual and the community, including customers, suppliers, and other stakeholders. This is the reason why many of our customers see our employees as mababait, magagalang, at mapagkakatiwalaan. Many customers go to our stores not only for the merchandise, but for the behavior exhibited by our employees. Diwa was another dimension that we concretized Diwa as spirit, as connected to our soul, or if you're religious, to a faith. But Sonny Coloma is a former AIM professor and uh, an HR pillar in the Philippines. He wrote a book on Diwa. He believes that the spirit factor in the organization can be increased by enhancing the practice of virtues in the company. And when the spiritual capital grows, Sonny Coloma says that there is social cohesion, integration, and other positive uh, effects for the organization. Actually making the organization progressive and profitable also. So it's a match, Diwa and Kapwa. June says the Diwa Kapwa initiative has had a domino effect on its employees. It has influenced personal growth, 
in turn, making them more productive in their job and contributing to the progress of the organization. Of course, this earned more profit for Pandayan, but they reinvested this profit into their employees. So it's a virtuous cycle. Just to give you an idea of how much we invest in employees, we have a vision for employees. This vision includes five points. They should be able to buy their own homes and lots. They should be able to send their children to good schools, eat nutritious food, wear decent clothing, and use leisure time once in a while. It might seem counterintuitive for a company or even for leaders to think about if I invest in this kind of a you know relationship building, Diwa Kapwa initiative, and use it for people's personal development, that that might be more of a spend without some return, right? But what I'm appreciating about Jun and Pandayan's story is that they actually see that this has driven business performance as well. So understanding their context and what they want to achieve as a company, what kind of culture they want to have, we asked Jun specifically how it affects the way that they give feedback to each other. Courageous feedback is easier if the culture is aligned with courageous feedback. If you have a culture where people take care of each other, where people know that you are on their side, every time you need to say something sensitive and delicate, they immediately know you have no bad intentions and what you are saying is intended for their good. So the context of a courageous feedback is very important. If you have a bad experience in the company, for example, an um, adverse relationship between the union and the management, courageous feedback is, I imagine, very difficult because there is distrust, suspicion, and a general dislike of each other. In Pandayan, and I believe in other Diwa Kapwa companies, courageous feedback is not that difficult. And we practice talking to each other. We have a practice in Pandayan, we call it Kamustahan, where they set a time where employees, the manager and the subordinate, talk to each other, three things for improvement and three things I like about you. It's more culturally based. And when Filipinos, Kamustaka, so it's not only about work, it can also be about personal and family life. In our experience, in our Kamustahan, oftentimes, there is crying because of the intimacy and the intensity of the sharing of their problems. And after that, it's like a catharsis. Everyone feels better. And we do it twice a year. So the, the big thing I'm taking away from this, and really the big conversation that we've been having throughout the imaginable workplace, is that culture is crucial. You can't be courageous in your feedback and you can't be receptive to feedback if the culture around it does not support this kind of behavior. If you give feedback in a culture that isn't supportive, you feel like you're being attacked. I think it's in our human nature to, to feel that. But if we build a culture around it, then the culture brings down those barriers and, and relieves some of that, that fear. What I also heard from what Jun shared is how they establish real practices and embed it in their ways of working day to day, right? They don't 
leave it to chance, they will have these kamustahan sessions and really be deliberate about how they they make this operational, right? And I think that's so important. And, you know, one of the ways that you can operationalize things like this is through performance management conversations, uh, how a leader or a manager might apply the use of DIWA and CAPWA in managing the performance challenges of their team. So let's listen to that part of the conversation June had with us and my Haraya colleague, Jen Horn. We are very patient and we refrain from imposing penalties as much as possible. Before, we, we thought of eliminating all penalties, but it didn't seem practical. So we use a lot of time counseling and talking with employees and making them sign documents where they promise to improve their performance. So when the time comes, maybe after two or three failures in their promises, we show them what they wrote. What will we do about this? They resign on their own. I don't recall asking somebody or coercing or telling someone to resign as a command. It's usually they decide on their own. So that's the way we try to manage their performance. When problems do arise, patience and conversations about their performance. Yeah, that sounds to me like a very uh, consistent practice of really wanting to see growth. No? And I'm sure um, a big role in that is the manager. How do you prepare or, or train your managers to have those types of conversations to make sure that they're integrated? All of our managers are homegrown. We never got store managers from outside. So all our managers are well-versed in our culture and tagumpay. They've been through it, so they know how to apply it. In Pandayan, because of, shall we say, a homogeneous culture, everyone understands how it works. There's a lot of peer pressure. That's what you get with a homogeneous culture. And people who violate the culture actually feel guilty. You don't have to talk about their offenses. They see the point. They, they become accountable themselves. Everybody contributes. Each employee knows that it's one for all and all for one. So if your performance dips, especially with our incentive pay, our incentive compensation, everyone in the same rank gets the same amount. So if you don't pull your weight or if you do something like stealing, you are hurting everybody's incentive compensation, not just yours. When you were talking about this last example and even when you were using this term peer pressure earlier and there was this one filipino concept that would come up in my mind which is hiya yes yes someone who can feel shame <laughs> so it's really very helpful when the culture is well understood the standards the values so the members they try to live it they try to uphold it I was just thinking, normally, you just have KPI, and then you check in on that KPI. And that's great for productivity, but this then builds like uh, an entire thing on top of that idea. And it brings in both company culture and like Filipino values and Filipino culture into the mix. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, it's Jackie Kanija, founder and managing partner at Haraya Coaching. Navigating feedback conversations with our team members may seem difficult, but being an effective leader means that we show up to those conversations with courage in spite of discomfort and uncertainty, with care and respect in how we convey our feedback, with cognizance of the impact we create, guided by our clear cause or leadership purpose. Through Haraya's Kinaia Leadership Development Program, we support leaders in showing up with all of who they are, most especially in those challenging moments when leading with authenticity, empathy, and courage is most essential. Connect with us via harayacoaching.com to inquire about our Kinaia Leadership Development Program and get a free coaching consultation so that together we can create your imaginable workplace. So far in this episode, we've been talking about how feedback so directly connects with the culture that you're building. So we've actually been working with Haraya Coaching to create all of these systems for us. And we've gotten to experience and learn some of these tools. And so, Jackie, do you want to share some of these things that you have been training us in? Maybe before I share... A, a model for feedback that we've worked with your team on. Um, I want to emphasize that w- we need to start with a clear intention and also to be aware that as I give my feedback to someone, this is my lens and experience that I'm sharing and it's my truth, which may not match the other person's lens and truth, right? And the feedback model that we use so that people can remember it easily is called XBI. And as you know, Carl, right, X stands for expectation, B for behavior, and I for impact. It's actually referenced on a basic management class uh, framework that was introduced to us uh, a long time ago. It was originally SBI, where S meant standards. But from our experience of working with leaders, it just didn't seem to capture the essence of what happens when people get frustrated with each other. So the reality is we found that there are expectations that we have. And and again, back to culture, right? This is implicit in some cases, known or unknown, um, that come from our own lens of experiences. So for us, XBI was about starting the conversation with what did I expect? What did I think 
needed to be done or what did we agree on before, right? The expectation that we had set with each other. Um, and then behavior, which is something I personally had observed that you did or you said or that was demonstrated. And then impact is the result or the outcome of that behavior. How did it affect me? How did it affect the team and our um, performance in that moment? So let's say you had you, you wanted to give feedback to someone who missed a deadline or has been missing deadlines, right? So instead of saying, you know, you've always been missing your deadlines, which is kind of broad and encompassing and something that they could very easily contest and say, no, I don't always miss deadlines, right? You might be more specific and say, you know what? Uh, you, the expectation is that we would submit the reports every Friday. I noticed that in the last three weeks, you missed those deadlines. So it's very specific, right, with the behavior that was demonstrated. And the impact is that we had to delay the production of our next episode because you hadn't submitted on time. There's a clear result that you're sharing because of the behavior that was demonstrated. We're often clear on what I want and where you failed. But understanding how when you don't submit your part of the work, that it has an effect not just on the specific thing you're working on, but on the overall business, uh, it it reinforces that we are all committed to this thing together. And if you're not doing it in the way that we have agreed upon as per the expectation, then it really has this impact. And, and I think for people receiving, that, that helps them to think better. I think a lot of times when we're working with people, they get focused on their task and they, they don't see that bigger picture. So this framework really allows for that. I think June also said something about how this plays out in Pandayan. It's easier to be courageous because the employee you're talking to always knows that you're on his side, even though you're saying negative things about him. You're on his side because ultimately you want him to improve. We, we ha I have a, a dictum which I got from a book about managing with the heart. Even when you're saying something negative about the employee, the negative thing is about what he has done, not about who he is. So we always try to keep it clear. We're talking about a performance, not your personhood. What I'm learning from Jun in his story is that courage in giving feedback can be drawn from a belief in others innate goodness and as he says right we're talking about performance not your personhood i really love that the thing with feedback that we'll wind up going back to is people always feel that it's them especially if you have a tendency to get in your own head and you get corrected i i blame our educational systems and if you had you know if you had quote unquote very asian parents where you come home and you have like the 95 and it's like, why isn't this 100, right? Yes. Uh, it, again, going back to impact of culture on how we take on feedback or give feedback, right? And, and I think what we're learning now is that we can make adjustments 
and we can be more mindful in the way we deliver this feedback. So we've talked about a lot of things in relation to feedback performance management in this episode, Carl. What are your key takeaways? My key takeaway is giving feedback is easy, but giving courageous feedback is hard. Because it's really easy to just tell someone something. I don't like your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's like, my expectation is you dressed up for this event and you showed up in that kind of shirt. And as a result, we don't look professional, right? So there's, it's easy to give feedback, but then we have a process, but also we need a culture that tells this person that I'm not judging you as a person and your fashion tastes, but I'm judging how you have acted in this situation. And knowing that you're together, building something together, like, and you're both invested. And so that the feedback is a, a thing that is essential for both of you so that you can keep improving. What I love about what you just said is that you're using a common ground as a reference for that feedback. Well, I guess I I would also encourage our listeners to reflect on what their takeaways are from, from this episode, starting with questions like, what is your mindset? when you're approaching feedback conversations and how have you been influenced by our culture and the way that you grew up? How might you use feedback to enhance the learning and growth of those that you work with? And how might you go into those conversations in a way that respects their dignity and enhances their sense of kapwa within the organization? I'm Carl Javier. And I'm Jackie Caniza. Thank you for listening to The Imaginable Workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Haraya Coaching, a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating brave and safe spaces for transformation. In partnership with Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. This episode was produced and written by Macy Hoven and Jen Horn and edited by Joe Salcedo. If you appreciated this podcast, then we're sure you know someone else who'd also want to improve their workplace. So please share this with a colleague or friend and follow the show on your podcast app for more stories, data, and insights on creating your imaginable workplace. Would you like us to show up at your workplace? We would love to hang out with our listeners and have these conversations with you in person. Just drop us a note at Haraya Coaching on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to see us soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.